Our scripture is also from Romans 8, um, verses 12 through 21. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. Just a quick word before I begin. Oh. And then could you mute the computer also, Andy? Maybe you did already. Just a quick word before I begin a sermon today about what I've most appreciated in a surprising way about Wednesday night. Um, four and a half years ago when I sat down with the, this church's SPRC, for the first time Gina was there with me, I said, well, what's your goal? You know, what's your long-term goal? It's important to know going in, you know, what are the expectations? And they said, we want to be the leader of uh, youth ministry in this town. Awesome goal, right? That's a really great goal. I said, so tell me about what are your steps to get there? You know, what, what's it going to take, you know? Well, we don't know. <laughs> I said, okay, I said, so, that's okay. What do you expect the role of your pastor to be in getting you to that goal? Uh, and they said, well, right at the middle of it. <laughs> I said, okay, still, that's going to work, but... Um, how are things maybe going to have to shift in order for that to happen? Meaning, you can't just expect the pastor to take on a huge new undertaking while still fulfilling all the roles that maybe you were used to in the past. It just logically doesn't make sense. And so, I've lived with that tension for this whole time, basically, because I, I know what people really want or expect from their pastor. I know what people need. I know that we're all hurting, that we're all struggling. But I also knew that we needed to do something in order to preserve the future. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a church. <laughs> so, pastors, you might be sick of hearing this, but I need to speak from the heart. Uh, pastors have been carrying this tension of what needs to happen versus what people want for a long time. And we're getting to breaking points in society where I think that I've talked about pastors being willing to quit. I've admitted to you that I've often thought about walking away. And that's why. 
because how can you do both? <laughs> they require different sets of skills. They require different um, focuses throughout each day, being a spiritual leader who provides inspiring sermons that connect deeply with your heart and also motivate you and coaching up leaders because there's a gap in the leadership, you know, sort of progress, doing all those things, you know, (laughs) and also then being entrepreneurial and starting a brand new ministry that can reach people who have very different lives, like Shauna said. It's just, it just doesn't work. And so, this is how God works. Uh, I've been really hesitant to say, okay, well, I don't think I can be in the center of the youth program here at this church. It's just not going to work because I have these other expectations I'm trying to live out. But as we took a step forward in faith for this Wednesday night thing, (laughs) you know what I was shocked to see? That it created space for me to actually be at the center. (laughs) So now I'm here at 5.30 and personally greet every child that comes in, which we've had, uh, I think, a minimum of like 12 since we started, which it used to be there were maybe be four or five some weeks here, depending on what people had going on on the weekend. Every child I greet by name as they walk in. And they talk to me and we interact. And then I go and I read from this Bible, I read them the Bible story for the night. And then, uh, we watch a little video that corresponds with it. Then I take the 4th through 6th graders and lead them in their own little small group. And then I go, you know, and then I do the rest of the night. But after worship, uh, we watch an alpha video together with the confirmation students and their parents And I go and now speak into the lives of the parents, which is the most important thing that I could do uh, with my time, in my opinion, because um, I can say all kinds of things here. I can really build into children. uh, But what happens in the home is what's going to make a difference in people's lives. I mean, that's that's just fact. Everybody knows that to be fact. But... I can't tell you how life-giving it is for me to be able to greet every child and to be here and see that and to know that there's consistency in in what we're doing and how we're building in and it's opened up all kinds of ideas for me of how we can improve that program and really build not just something that will survive but something that could be a beacon in this community and perhaps in this whole region. And I get to be a part of that in a way that wouldn't be possible if we would have just kept it on Sunday. And now I share all that and want to share with honesty that I know the pain of letting go of the past. Like, we all would like everything to be on Sunday. That's my first choice. I think Christy kind of alluded to, that's her first choice as well. (laughs) But we just can't try to keep doing what's helped us to feel comfortable and feel like this is the right way, which maybe it is the right way. We can't just try and keep doing that while also living into God's future for us. It's just not possible, friends. And so one of the reasons, I'm, this, is, this is my sermon now. Sorry, I was just going to preach a John Wesley sermon today. Because one of the reasons um, 
I've been so honest with you. I've been trying to be honest. First, it started in private conversations, I don't know, Christine, years ago, right? Actually, in that first SPRC meeting that I attended here at this church, I told them right then, this just isn't going to work. This just isn't going to work. You know, we're going to have to figure something out. And I could tell that people were like, just couldn't, it wasn't sinking in. So then I moved to personal conversations, then to ad council. And again, I could feel sometimes like it's just not sinking in. And then, and then I started preaching these things from the pulpit. And again, I can tell it's just not sinking in or you just don't want to hear it. So I just want you to know these things because I can't, I and just about every other pastor in the country can't bear the the weight anymore because one of my greatest values is to live with 100% integrity, 100%. So if I'm going to give my best to leading this church coaching new leaders because they're new they haven't been a, they didn't learn under Mary Ann you know they they didn't learn all the ropes like this is how you do it they it's they're coming in fresh they don't know how to call a meeting and make an agenda and all those types of things so they need a coach so that's I'm actually gifted at that <laughs> and that gets me excited uh building new ministries you know trying to be involved in the community I can do all those things I believe I can preach. <laughs> uh, I like to preach. I like to be creative. I have ideas of how to interact with people in this new frontier of online ministry. But something's got to go away then. Uh, I can't also do all those things and be the manager. I can't beg you to sign up to be ushers. I can't beg you to sign up to be greeters. I can't... Um, you can envision what being a manager is, right? <laughs> that takes a totally different skill set. And the danger for me is that I could take it all on because guess what? I'm pretty good at managing too. <laughs> That's exclusively what I did on the golf course. But friends, what I'm telling you is that's not what I feel called to do. I don't feel a calling one bit whatsoever to be a manager of a church. If I wanted to be a manager, I would have stayed on the golf course. I feel called to be a spiritual guide to help you to grow in grace, to help you to know and trust that Jesus is present with you so that, this was the main point of this passage, that um, you are a child of God. That you can cry out to God as Abba, Father, the most intimate way that we could cry out to God. That's my commitment to you. But it might mean a a different sort of interaction as your pastor. And one thing, one other example of this, and this is then I'm done, is that I've noticed that people expect of the pastor, because this is what used to be in the past, is that the pastor will just sort of check in with people. How are you doing today, Linda? <laughs> How's your week? You know, what's going on? How are you doing today, Jenny? How's this week? You know, and then remember important dates in your life and check in with you and, and reach out to you. But I've had very little people come to me with their challenges or whatever and say, Pastor Chad, I, I need to talk to you. But then when I do finally get around to talking to them, they say, well, where have you been? <laughs> like, 
I didn't know that you needed my attention. (laughs) So I'm saying goodbye to even trying to figure out that as well. Because I can't bear it. And so the choice then becomes for me of, do I walk away and abandon the people that I love here? Or do I say that this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it in a way that is powerful, and I'm going to do it on your behalf, but that's going to mean some changes for you. And so what I need first is for you to say, we got your back, Pastor Chad. And also, what can we do to help? That's it. That's all I'm asking of you is to just understand that things have changed dramatically and that I've been trying my hardest to lead you, understanding the sacrifice that you've made to build this church and you want this place to be the beacon of hope, the center of youth ministry for generations to come. But you've got to trust me. You've got to listen if I say that something's not working. Otherwise, what else can I do but say they, they don't want me to lead them? You know, I'll do that if I have to, but that would be a sad day for me and my family. And I, I would hope that that would be a sad day for you. If not, then maybe it's not a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so excited, friends, about the direction that we're going. I know that we can do it because you have demonstrated perseverance and grit and commitment in the past. What we're doing now, no problem if we work together and if we turn to the Holy Spirit for guidance. I believe that God will guide us. How do I know? Because we've seen it in this last year. We've seen it with the Wednesday night. We've seen it with the adult small group, the alpha small group in the daytime, which I want to do more of is daytime small groups for people who can't come in the evening. But again, I have to shed those manager and chaplain expectations if I'm going to provide more opportunities like that. Was it life-giving, Joanne? It was incredibly life-giving, wasn't it? I feel closer to you and to Jerry and Linda and Garnan and Larry and Dean than I ever have because we were committed to growing in faith together. We didn't always agree, right? I mean, we had different opinions sometimes but we experienced the grace of God together. That was amazing. I'll never forget that. Thank you for that gift. That's what I want to lead us in more of. And if I'm going to lead you with integrity, I have to say this to you. I have to. I must. Because I can't pretend that I'm doing something different. I have to give you an opportunity to adjust and respond. And maybe you say, well, that's not what we want from our pastor. And I say, okay, fair enough. But in order to have that conversation, I have to be clear. Ironically, I told uh, one of our leaders in the conference two years ago that I felt I needed to do this. And this, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but I don't see any other way to lead with integrity and to maximize the resources of our church without just being clear about what I'm trying to do and how you can be involved how you can help. Thanks for listening.
Let's pray. Jesus, you tell us that uh, to live this life of discipleship, that we have to bear our cross, that there are many challenges along the way. And you also say that uh, anyone who puts one hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. That for us to experience the fullness of your grace and power and mercy to really understand who you are and who you've made us to be, we have to be willing to commit to your will and to understand that that might mean change for us. And for each one of us, change is really hard. It's hard for me, God. I know it's hard for the leaders of our church and it's hard for the people who have been a part of our church. It's hard for children. But that's why it's important for you, God, to assure us of your presence with us, of your continual pouring out of wisdom and discernment into our minds, that you comfort us, and that you give us courage, especially to say the hard thing when it needs to be said, but then also to be able to eventually Say it with compassion, speaking truth and love, with transparency and vulnerability. God, you see the faithfulness of the people in this church, their willingness to commit. You see their hopes and dreams for what this church could become. And you also see the challenges of their day-to-day lives and how they need this time together to be filled themselves and to be renewed, to be refreshed, to be reminded that they're your children, that your spirit lives within us. So God, as we move forward, would you continue to guide us and give us reminders of your spirit's work here so that we can navigate these challenging times in all fronts and understand what we need to hang on to, because there are many great things that we need to hang on to, and what we need to let go of so that we can embrace whatever it is you're leading us towards and what you're offering us. Jesus, we trust that you will guide us. We're grateful for your love for us and your promise that nothing can separate us from your love. We pray this prayer, Jesus, in your name, and we pray now the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father.